Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to breakfast and the class and lots of technology. Um, we'd like to start by wishing Rufuash Nema for Chana Batsimafega and Eliyahu Shimon Membazal Fotune. We also would like to thank uh, the Daniel S. Loeb Torah Center uh, for the learning for this entire, uh, entire week dedicated by the Torah Center. And as well, the week of COBRA was sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you and your unwavering commitment to doing good for the state of Israel and for others around you during these challenging times today and every day. Hazaku Baruch. Let's begin. Ve'asita imadi chesed ve'emet. The Pasuk tells us, and you will do with me chesed, kindness, ve'emet, and truth. We talked a little bit about this on the first day, doing, on the first day of the week, doing what's called chesed shel emet, a true act of kindness, where the person can never repay you because, uh, you know, they're no longer in this world. And that's an act of kindness, which is not hoping, you're not hoping to get anything from. So it's absolutely 100% pure, okay? That's what we talked about on Sunday. But I'd like to talk a little bit about another angle on this today with you. The Pasuk tells us, Please don't bury me here in Egypt. Now, I saw a beautiful question that was asked. And the question is, Rev. Yitzchak Mivalozhin, he asks, why is it that of all of the children, Yaakov only asked this request of his son Yosef? Why didn't he ask Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, the older brothers? Why is he only asking Yosef uh, to bury him in Israel and not in Egypt? Why, uh, why is he making this request of Yosef? So Rashi says, very straightforward. You know why he asked Yosef? Very simple. Because Yosef was the one that had the power. I got the power, okay? Yosef was the one. <laughs> By the power of grace, call. There were many things that Yosef alone could do. I see some smiles from the people who remember those days, okay? He asked the one that was capable of doing. That's a simple shot uh, answer to the question. However, I saw a different answer for Rav Yitzchak Mivalozhin, and he says as follows. He says, you know, when someone passes away, there's always a question, where should we bury this person? Do we bury them in Israel? Do we bury them uh, in a nice part of the cemetery? You know, do we bury them next to the, the mother, right? The, the children want to know, should we bury him next to the mother? If there's, uh, if there's more than one wife, then that becomes a dramatic question. So the Pasuk is telling us that he asked Yosef, you know why? He knew that Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, for all of them, where are they going to want to bury him? Marata Machpela, where Leah is buried. All right, but Yaakov Avinu, but excuse me, but Yosef Asadik, where was his mother buried? In Kever Achel, on the side of the road, right? Outside of Bethlehem. So he knew that the only child he's going to really have a problem with is Yosef. He calls in Yosef and he says, Please, I know that your natural instinct is to bury me near Rachel, next to your mother. But please don't bury me there. Bury me in the Marat HaMachpelah. With my forefathers. Bury me there. 
Now it's very interesting to me because now you understand the context is so powerful where the next pasuk says, Ve'ani and I, when I was traveling on the road, meta alai Rachel. Rachel, your mother passed away and I buried her there on the side of the road. He's saying to him, I know that you're upset at me that I buried your mother over here in this random place. And I know you're going to want to bury me next to your mother because that is a son's natural desire. But even more than that, knowing that Yaakov would be buried next to Rachel would maybe perhaps ensure that Rachel's kever was given, so to speak, a better chance of being visited, right? Because if she's buried together with Yaakov, there's better chance that we'll be able to go there. What's fascinating to me in the fullness of time is Yosef actually promises his father and no matter how difficult it was for him to bury Yaakov with Leah, Yosef does it because that's what his father wants. And he overcomes his personal desire to do what his father wants. My friends, it is interesting to me that today, thousands of years later, while Am Yisrael has access to Kever Rachel, we can go to Kever Rachel whenever we want. We cannot go into the Maratha Machpelah. We can go to a side part, but to the main room of Maratha Machpelah, we don't have access. There's a few days in the whole year where they open it to the Jewish people. But other than those few days, we don't have it. So perhaps the desire of Yosef to think to himself, my mother's buried on the side of the road, who's ever going to go to pay respects, who's ever going to go pray there, has actually resulted, his act of selflessness is rewarded. And what happens? V'shavu banim l'gvulech. The Pasuk tells us that when the Jewish people left and they went out on their journey into Galut, they were being taken in chains. And they couldn't leave and go pray anywhere. But because they were being taken on the road, where'd they pass? The one that was buried on the road, Rachel Imenu. And the Navi says that in, on high, Rachel mivaka albanea. Rachel is crying for the Jewish, the Jewish people. She's able to see their suffering, so to speak, to plead their, clay, their case. And God says, Ki yesh Right? You have this reward for your deeds. V'shavu banim l'gvulam. And the children will return um, to their, to their uh, boundaries, to their, to their place, to their Eretz Israel. Now my friends, this idea that Rachel is buried there, to be able to affect change, to be able to protect her grandchildren is a very powerful one. And I think that on a certain level, while Yaakov is being buried where he wants, and Yosef, the question is where he's going to bury his father, next to his mother or in the Maratha Machpelah. Ultimately, there's another person, another stakeholder in this story about where Yaakov is buried and where Rachel is buried. And who is that? That is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Understanding where a person goes in this world, what they achieve, what they accomplish, sometimes is much larger than even they themselves know. There's an amazing uh, example of this that happened in, uh, in, uh, in, um, in uh, New York City, in New York, excuse me. There's a fellow 
who every single day would drive on the highway on his way to work from where he lived to the city. And every day he makes his journey every morning. He drives in the morning, every evening. He drives in the afternoon, etc., etc. And eventually it becomes second nature. One day he's driving and he feels exhausted. I don't know if you've ever felt that feeling when you're driving, that if you don't pull over on the side of the road and take a nap, barminan, I had it once, I fell asleep multiple times at the wheel. I said, I can't do this. But it was, you know, it was one of those, you don't even realize it's happening, and then it happens. And you're like, okay, I'm fine. You put on the AC, you roll down the window, you blast the music, happened again. I pulled over, I thought I'm gonna take a nap. You know, sometimes you take a nap, you're more tired after. I wound up sleeping, I got back on the road. Anyway, this fellow, Avraham is his name, he's driving uh, on his way home from work, he feels suddenly exhausted. He doesn't understand. He's never felt this way before. He didn't go to sleep later. He decides, you know what, I'm going to pull over on the side of the road. I'll pull off the highway. I'll rest my eyes for a few minutes. Maybe I'll feel better. It will be safe. By the way, if, uh, if you ever needed a sign that if you're tired, you should pull over and take a little bit of a nap, even if you have to leave your car and take an Uber home, this is a message. This is the message you were waiting for. Pull over. Take a nap or get an Uber. It's dangerous. Being tired on the road kills not only you, but other people as well. So a person always has to be careful. It's not up to you to make that decision. You could take other lives with you as well. So if you're ever unsure, if you're ever unsure if you drank too much, if you're ever unsure if you're too tired, always err on the side of caution. Worst case scenario, you have one extra Uber ride. It's not a big deal, okay? My friends, the guy pulls off the side of the road, he pulls off the highway, he's looking for a place to park his car where it's safe to be able to pull over. And off of the highway, he sees there's a park at the side of the road, he drives into this, uh, into this, uh, uh, this beautiful uh, you know, garden with, with uh, trees and, and flowers and bushes and whatever, and he figures it's a nice place to stop. As he drives in, he sees that on the property, it's not actually a park, it's the property of an old age home. All right? So he pulls his car up to the parking lot. He figures, you know what, he'll ask them if he could park it for a little while, or maybe he could grab a coffee. He walks inside, and as he walks inside, he says, hi, my name is Avram, and he overhears a conversation in this old age home. There's a, a, a you know, one of the people, the... Uh, one of the nurses this is talking to the administrator of the nursing home. She said, yes, unfortunately, you know, he passed away. We're going to have to bury him. And, and the guy says, oh, I'm so sorry to hear who passed away. And they tell him the name. And the name is an obviously Jewish name. So he asks them, he says, you're burying this person. Where is he going to be buried? They said, oh, we have a cemetery. This is a full service old age home. They have not only they take area, they bury you right out in the back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they, maybe there's a mahjong game it can continue with all your friends even after you pass away you know sometimes people don't even notice the difference that you're gone alright yeah beautiful alright so they've got they've got the cemetery right in the back he asks him he says is it a Jewish cemetery they tell him no we're a Christian uh, St. Mary St. Mara St. Thomas St. Bart's I don't know what they are right they are uh, you, they, you know <laughs> They are, how do you call it? They're, they're, it's a Christian old age home. It's a Christian cemetery. The guy says, well, does he have any family? All of a sudden realizing 
maybe of all days in his life, why he fell asleep on the road, or he's tired on the road, is because he needed to come into this old age home. They say, no, it's a Christian, we're going to give him a Christian ceremony, a Christian, a Christian cemetery, maybe they'll sprinkle some water on him for good measure, I don't know what they'll do, right? The guy says, listen, I'm an Orthodox Jew, this guy's a Jewish name, you know, please contact the family, ask them what their wishes are with regards to giving him a Christian burial. The, what's it called? Uh, the, the, uh, the fellow, the, the woman behind the counter says, listen, I know, I, I'm sure your intentions are, uh, are, are pure and, you know, you're looking out for a fellow member of your faith uh, and his best interest. But unfortunately, this fellow, Mr. Cohen or whatever, he has no wife, he has no children, he's alone in this world, he has no next of kin on record, so there's no one to do a Jewish, cemetery, a Jewish ceremony. All we have over here is the pastor on, on grounds, you know, and, and uh, you know, the guy says, thinks about it for two seconds, he says, he says, well, is there a Jewish cemetery in the region? The administrator is looking at this guy. <laughs> Who are you? The guy just came in two minutes ago for a coffee. Next thing you know, he's, a, he's an undertaker, he's a rabbi, right? He says, listen, he says, I'm a Jewish guy. This means a lot to us. You know, burying someone is a big mitzvah, uh, according to our, uh, our tradition. Judaism places a tremendous amount of importance on the way a person is treated when they pass away because we believe that that's not the person's final chapter and that they're aware of how they're being treated. Uh, it's called chesed shel emet. Uh, the Baal Turim says, you know why it's called emet? The kindness of truth. Emet is letters aron, which means a coffin. Mita, which is the, the bed that they carry them on. And tachrichin, which means the shrouds that you're supposed to wear. So he says, please let me... The, the administrator looks at the nurse and he says to himself, listen, there's no one, normally someone would have to, you know, bury them. We would release them to the family if they want. There's no, the guy has no one in the world. We have all the documentation. He says, well, there's a Jewish cemetery, uh, you know, a couple of towns away, but we don't have a hearse. We don't have a, what's it called, uh, you know, uh, any method of transporting the coffin anywhere, we've got him prepared for burial, you know, but we were going to do it in the backyard. The guy says, listen, I'm Jewish, which means I have a minivan. <laughs> right? The guy goes, I could take the guy, no problem, free of charge. I'll take the guy over, two towns, three towns, whatever it is. I'll drop him off at the, at the cemetery over there, and I'm sure they'll bury him uh, in the Jewish plot in the cemetery. The guy can't believe what he's hearing. He says, listen, there's no one claiming him. There's no one in the world who's going to claim him. He says, tell me a little bit. Let me make sure you're a legit guy. And I don't know, you're not going to take the guy for a weekend at Bernie's. All right? And make sure that everything's legit. And I'll release him to your care. The guy says, you know, my name is this. This is my job. This is my place of work. The guy looks him up online. Everything checks out. The guy's a legit guy. He says, look, you care very much. It's beautiful. I would also want at my funeral that there should be someone that cares so much about me, present when not just strangers uh, burying me. He says, we will officially give you legal release. And they release the body to this guy and his Toyota Sienna. Or Honda minivan. I just say, we're not advertising. You guys didn't sponsor Toyota and Honda. It's your fault. It's your fault. If, if you want, we could, uh, you could sponsor and then we'll make the van yours. Okay? Either way, they, they, let it, they give him the body. 
Hada now, he's filled with energy. He's filled with purpose. He feels like God sent him on a mission. He feels like, you know, I think it's every man's dream to believe that his nap came from Hashem. Now, you know, you're having a nap. Everyone's like, what are you doing? Why are you sleeping? You know? Now, Hada's like, I'm sleeping by the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Leave me alone. No one should wake me up, okay? The guy, he takes the body. He drives over three towns to this uh, to the cemetery, he pulls into the thing, he finds the, the administrator of the cemetery, he says, I have this body, he says, who are you? He says, my name is uh, Avram whatever, he says, is this your father? You're... He says, I'm not related, I went to an old age home, they were burying the guy, I begged him to take him. He says, if the guy doesn't have a plot, we don't have any extra plots here. Every plot in this cemetery has been sold out since, uh, you, know, you, know how, <laughs> you know how hard it is to get in here? There's red ropes. Either way, right? God, they can't, can't, you can't just come. We don't have a section like that for people that don't have a, a spot. Uli. Now he took the guy. He brought him to the cemetery. <laughs> they don't have a place for him. What's he going to do with the body now? He can't as well, you know, pull up in his backyard. He should make a movie out of this. Or is he going to come home? You know, honey, you know... <laughs> You mind picking up the kids on your way home? I don't know if I could do that right now. <laughs> the back seats are all down. <laughs> no problem. They'll just get in the back. Well, <laughs> I've got something else in the back. What do you have? Oh, is it my honeymoon? Is it our gift to our anniversary? No, it's not. It's not a gift for your anniversary. My friends, he decides he's going to go to the cemetery in his, in his hometown. Huge place. They'll figure something out. He tells his wife, I'm going to be a little bit late. I have a mitzvah that I'm doing. She's very happy to hear he's doing a mitzvah. He pulls into the cemetery in his own town. He drives up to the, to the what's it called, to the office. And he says, listen, here's the story. I found this guy. I was driving. I fell asleep. I went to the old age home. They told me the story. I see the guy's dead there, right? I, I didn't know what to do. In a moment of, I don't know, insanity, religious fervor, I took the guy into my back, the back seat of my car. I went to the local cemetery, I didn't have a place. Tell me you could bury this fellow. Otherwise, I'm going to have to dig up my backyard. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. The guy says, absolutely, we'd be happy to take him. Bahada breathes a sigh of relief. He says, you sure? He says, yes. He says, we have in our cemetery, we have a special section uh, for people that are Anashim Galmudim, people that passed away without any money, they passed away without any, uh, they, without any burial plans, they didn't pay for a plot, they couldn't pay for a plot. Uh, we have a, a, se- a section over here in the cemetery to bury him. He says, so just give me the paperwork and no problem, we'll take care of it from here, we'll do a minyan, we'll do everything, the best possible care that we could do for this, uh, for this Jewish neshama. The guy feels such a sigh of relief. He hands over all the papers with everything on the uh, everything that you know that they gave him in the old age home. The fellow, the administrator of the cemetery, takes the papers. He's looking through the papers to check everything's okay. All of a sudden, his face goes white. He almost faints. He almost passes out. And the guy says, "Are you okay?" And he says, "Yeah." He goes, "I can't believe it." All he says again and again, he says, "Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God!" He says, "What's oh my God?" He says, "The section of our cemetery." that was donated for people who have no one to bury them, was donated by this man, the man you brought in your minivan to our cemetery. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu made sure that after donating that for others that wouldn't have anything, or wouldn't have anyone to look after them, that he came home, he was buried in the place that he was supposed to be buried in. My friends, 
You hear a story like that and you think to yourself, wow, what are the odds that someone feels tired exactly in that moment? What are the odds? By the way, if it was me, I would have left the guy. I would have taken the coffee and go, let's be honest. How many of us are Avraham that they're going to put the guy in the back of the Siena? You, anyone? Hands up. Hands up if you would take the body. Anyone? Nobody. You got Rabbi, Rabbi, I actually believe Rabbi Freeman. Other people put their hands up, I would be like, yeah, okay, all right, big man, okay, yeah. Rabbi Freeman, I actually believe. <laughs> Not only that, by the way, Rabbi Freeman would have like a whole chevra of guys learning a masechet, lelunishmato. Rabbi Freeman, big sadiq. We're lucky to have him. My friends, my friends, if you could hear that a person where they're buried is by the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How much more so is a person's life by HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Every morning we say, HaMechin Hashem prepares the steps of man. He guides us to where we need to go. I just want to share before Rabbi Mizrahi walks out the other side door. Rabbi Mizrahi is an example of HaMechin Mitzadegaveh. Last week, I'm so, I can't even tell you, I'm, I'm uh, getting a little emotional. Last week, I got a phone call. I got a phone call from someone in Brooklyn telling me that there's a girl in the hospital to go visit. I told them, look, I, I would love to go, but unfortunately, I'm not able to go today. Maybe I'll go after Shabbat. I said, but you could call. Maybe you could ask Rabbi Mizrahi if he's available. I, I, I have already a class and a thing and a, a, a simcha that, we, that I was supposed to go to on the day. I said, I'll go Motzei Shabbat. What happened in the end? Rabbi Mizrahi went. Rabbi Mizrahi went and he saw the most amazing girl ever. Hashem should bring her for Ashenema. Devorah Chaya Bat Esther. Right, is that the name? Devorah Chaya Bat Esther. You should give her for Ashenema. He's very inspired when he sees this girl who has incredible emunah, right? He winds up promising her that he's going to get a pair of tefillin and he's going to go to Eretz Israel because he was going Saturday night. And when he goes to Eretz Israel, he's going to give a soldier a pair of tefillin and her merit that they should put on the tefillin in her merit. Like the rabbi spoke about this on, on Suda Shalishit. Okay? I saw the video this week of the rabbi giving the tefillin to that soldier. And I was thinking to myself, uh, only, only this morning, what would have happened if I, would have, I wasn't going to Israel? I would not have been able to give her that mitzvah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't only guide the dead person to the right burial place, that Yaakov should get to Eretz Israel, that Rachel should be on the side of the road, that this fellow should be buried in the cemetery, in the portion of the cemetery that he donated for someone else that would not have the, the, the resources. HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides when you'll have a chance to say yes to a mitzvah and when not. When are you the right person to do that mitzvah? And when there's someone else who's better than you who will do that mitzvah, because they'll have the opportunity to do something for that person that you would not have to have had that opportunity. I wanted to be on this trip. I was supposed to be on this trip to Eretz Israel. I was unable to go, right? Maybe that's why I was supposed to visit this girl. But in the end, because I wasn't, I wasn't able to go. Hashem made sure that the person who was gonna go was able to go visit her. It's unbelievable. Now, my friends, what do you do when you walk like that with HaKadosh Baruch Rabbi Mizrahi, you could go now if you want. I know you, have a, I know you have a class. 
I just wanted to show the people what a Sadiq is that does a mitzvah, so beautiful mitzvot. One mitzvah, like the Chachamim promised us, leads to another. Bikur Holim led to Tifilin, led to what you did in Israel. Unbelievable. We're very proud. She needs a lot of Tifilot, my friends. Please include Devorah, Haya, Bat Esther in your Tifilot. And we want to say thank you again to the rabbi and his rebbetzin for leading this beautiful trip to Eretz Israel. It should be a big zechut for this girl who needs our tefillot. But my friends, what does a person do who walks with the knowledge that they walk with God? It's an entirely different existence. You walk into a job, you're very happy with the job that you have. You walk out of a job, or someone escorts you out of that job. How do you walk out of the job? Head held high. Okay, I'm on to the next part of my story. Everywhere I go, I go with God. What a feeling to feel. What a way to experience life. The good times and the bad times. To have the humility in the good times, that it's not just you, that it's Borei Olam, but also in the difficult times. To, there it doesn't require humility. There it requires faith. It requires hope. It requires emunah. But if you pay attention, you can feel Hashem Tzamud. He's right there with you. And when a person walks that way, then they walk with their head held high, even if the situation is difficult. May Hashem bless us to walk with strength, to walk with purpose, to do mitzvot, to take on things that we didn't think we could, to be sure and happy to take risks that make sense in our life, knowing that we have a safety net. And when we did something responsible and we failed, we don't say that we failed. We did what we should have done. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu has another plan for us, and that's okay. May Hashem bless us always to feel that, to experience that, to live with that, and through that accomplish incredible things. Be'ezat Hashem. Baruch Amen. Amen.